Hello, it's Robert Bathurst here. I was one of the first guests on My Time Capsule, and Mike has asked me to tell you that you can now listen to the podcast ad-free by subscribing to Acast Plus. Details of how to join are in the description of each episode. Mike says it's very reasonably priced. In fact, Mike says it's a bargain. And who am I to disagree? Locked here in his cellar. Anyway, for a small subscription, Acast Plus, My Time Capsule, ad-free. Free. Unlike me. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. I'm Mike Fenton-Stevens, and if you normally skip forward at this point to miss my intro, I'd advise you in this instance not to, because our guest has had the most extraordinary life, and you will need to know the details of it to understand a lot of what he's talking about. He does explain some of it, but not everything. So if you don't mind, on this occasion, you'll have to put up with me talking about it. Now, I know if you've not listened to My Time Capsule before, that's not necessarily the best introduction. However, My Time Capsule is, usually, the podcast where I ask my guests to tell me the five things from their life that they'd like to have in a time capsule, four things that they love, and one thing they'd like to bury and forget. My guest in this episode is the French superstar of contemporary classical music, Jean-Philippe Riopi, known professionally as simply Riopi. This brilliant French pianist and composer was self-taught at a very young age and has performed in many international prestigious halls and written several albums of contemporary classical music. His compositions have been featured in commercials, movie trailers and feature films. In January 2022, Riopi's album Tree of Light reached number one on the US Billboard Classical Album Chart and continued in the top ten for 70 weeks. In March 2023, he was featured on the track Grandfather, Please Stand on the Shoulders of My Father While He's Deep Sea Fishing. On the brilliant Lana Del Rey's album, Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? She obviously likes long titles. All of these facts are all the more extraordinary because Riopi had the most, well, frankly, terrible childhood. He grew up in a secular cult. He was beaten, often, and locked up for long periods. All this, he was told, was necessary to get the evil out of him. The guru leader of the community banned all music and television, but Riopi began to teach himself the piano in secret when he discovered an abandoned instrument in a room where the cult was based. Without access to printed scores, he began to compose music in his head. He left the cult on his 18th birthday, and age 21, he came to London to look for work, at a time when people didn't have to come over in a rubber dinghy. 
He worked in various jobs and eventually at a small music and instrument shop, Hickey's, in Reading. There he met a man called Michael Freeman, who, hearing him play, recognised his potential and offered him a chance to study music and composition at Oxford Brookes University. In 2007, he gave one of his first concerts at the Jacqueline Dupre building and the Hollywell Music Room in Oxford. In 2010, he performed at the Royal Opera House and opened the first night relaunch for the renowned The Arts Club in Mayfair in 2011. The same year, he performed at a gala dinner in London organised by Vanity Fair, where Gwyneth Paltrow and her then-husband, Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay, were also present. Three weeks later, Chris bought him his first personal piano, a Steinway Grand. He recorded his first album titled Riopi on that piano. This year, 2023, Riopi has released his fourth album, Thrive, through Warner Classics, and he is now touring the world. He's an official ambassador for Restore the Music UK, a charitable organisation that helps to fund music education in high socio-economic deprivation schools, as they're described on Wikipedia, but I think we all know what that means. Anyway, I'd never met Riopi when I made this recording over Zoom, and he really is an extraordinary man, not just for his talent or for having survived his younger life, but for the way it's made him now. I hope you enjoy meeting him, and will forgive the fact that we don't really stick to the format of this podcast in this episode. He joins a list of previous guests that have done the same, and in fact that's rather an exclusive list. John Lloyd, Barry Cryer, and now Jean-Philippe Riopi. Enjoy! Bonjour! Oh, God! Wow, sorry! Where's your picture? I can't see you yet, but I can hear you very well. Oh, wow, I love your voice. Is that the morning voice or the usual voice? <laughs> That's my voice. That's me. <laughs> Should I call you Jean-Philippe? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Jean-Philippe's fine. I love the fact that, like um, American football players, you have that thing where you're known by your second name. Yeah, well, it, you know, it, it's funny because it reminds me of, uh, of my teachers just calling me like this. They were calling me, you know, Riopi every time I was doing something wrong, which yeah, was yeah. pretty much all the time. <laughs> I love your voice. Love your voice. You should do like audiobooks and stuff. Well, if you ever want anybody to talk over your beautiful music, I'll be the man. But I think it would ruin it. I was just thinking about it last night, listening to that one time. Is that the only time, Lana Del Rey? Is that the only time that somebody's actually put voice over your music? Uh, someone that big, yeah. That one, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, a, a lot of people actually do that and send me, uh, they also send me, um, you know, the recording and stuff. I mean, recently <laughs> I, I had a, a guy and I thought that was brilliant. He took uh, Happy from Pharrell Williams and he put yeah. my song I Love You on top and oh. as a kind of remix and it really works. <laughs> I love that sort of thing. I love those mashups they're called, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a very, I think it's a very brilliant um, mashup. So uh, I like to Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, well, it's funny because music is music, right? And I make music from, from a very deep part of me. And, uh, and if you, you know, if you listen to my stuff, you see that we've got like, let's say Nocturne, for example, with a string, which is very dramatic and very full on and very complex. Yeah. And then on the other, you know, on the other hand, we've got, let's say, inner piece, very extremely simple, but in a way of complexity that people don't really get at first glance, which is the numbers. Yeah. I really liked Origin, particularly because it, the music spoke to me immediately. It made, made complete sense because I like the fact that I, I don't know how to describe this, but the music goes back to its origin every time. No matter where else it goes, it goes back to that root note. 
Thank you. Exactly. That, that's, that's what right it is. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you, got, you got it. Brilliant. Hey. Thank you. But exactly. It's origin. It's like, it's, you know, this building block going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. And then we go on the other side of the mountain, going yeah. back and going back to origin. Where it started. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I'm I, glad I, you... No, I thought it was very clear. And it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, and that's your fourth album, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into your, well, I'm going to use the word ridiculous because it is a sort of ridiculous life you've led. I actually like that. Yes, it is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and in, in ridiculous, I hear absurd. And it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you told it as a fiction, people wouldn't believe it. Uh, well, actually, people still, some people don't believe it. Some people call me a fraud. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I am a fraud because I've always had this imposter syndrome. Right. But mm. everything I say is, is the truth. And, you know, it's funny you, you, you mentioned that because, um, you know, the life I had uh, in my past. Right. So we're not talking about the good stuff like, you know, Chris Martin, Lana Del Rey, the number one, yeah. whatever. No, we're talking about the, the shit. <laughs> yeah. People. Like, they don't believe me. And, and two, three years ago, right, they, this TV in France made a massive, like a really big, you know, um, I went on a, on a massive TV program, mm. right? Uh, probably one of the biggest in France. I mean, one of the biggest in France. And 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 the journalist, then before airing the, the program, they were like, oh my God, but is it telling the truth? <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> well, that, that's your work, you know, that's your job. And and then they, they called me. I mean, they called my management. They're like, oh, we need to check if Riopi is really telling the truth. And And of course, I replied, you know, I said what I had to say. If you don't believe me, do your job, you know. And what they did, they went to the government and there was two generals and one secret services, you know, corroborating everything I said, saying everything he said was true. Mm. And I didn't even believe and realize how much impacted me. I just burst into tears because I'm 39 years old. I spent almost 20 years in that cult, right, growing up like this. And I had everybody telling me, you're a liar, you're, you know, you're just, you know, and so you keep it for yourself. And even with my brothers and sisters, we had to keep everything for ourselves. Yeah. And when I did what I did, going, you know, mainstream in France, I'm telling the truth, you know, and, and yes, I am ready to share my story. Yes. And and when it was, you know, like approved by the government and, and you know, so the army, the, the secret police and stuff saying, Everything he said is true. We have the proof, you know. All my body was just like, oh. And my my siblings called me to say everything you said was true. And then I told them, guys, the police and and, and everybody, you know, basically just said, you know, we, we didn't dream. We, it was not, you know, because mm. even my, my own mother, you know, couldn't say the truth. No. Because it's too hard, I think, for her deep inside. She's not involved with that cult anymore, is she? She's no, I mean, she... To be very honest, even though she was an adult, she was a young adult, mm -hmm. you know, she had me when she was 22, 23, and she didn't have a mother. Her mother abandoned her when she was two years old. Right. Often, the way that these things are done is they pick on vulnerable people, people who need help, and they say, well, we'll help you. And then you befriend, and then you say, but in return, you have to do this. Absolutely. And then you're trapped. It's insidious because you are made to feel that it's your fault if things aren't working. Absolutely, mm. all the time, your, your entire life. And I grew up like this. Mm. That's why it's tough to, to hear when people nowadays might say, oh, he's lying. I'm, I'm really, I don't take it even personally anymore because I, I worked on myself. Yeah. But it's, you know, you, you go out on a court as I did. And, and when you get out of it, you go into the real kind of real world and you realize, you know, the real world is as 
put up as my fault, you know. <laughs> yeah. You understand know what I mean? And like, because I was expecting just beauty and peace, and especially now in 2023, with all you know all this fake news and all this like war everywhere and mm. stuff. You're like, wow, I understand more why people are looking for alternative, you know, ways of life. Yes. And that's the big danger because communities are not wrong, cults are very wrong because people then they give the power to one person mm. thinking, okay, that person knows mm -hmm. and I need a shepherd. Yes, they have the answer as well because people are always looking for answers. They're looking for yeah. a way to solve the problems that they have. And if somebody yeah. says, well, it's really simple, it's really simple. You just do this and you believe yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, great. Oh, good. It's all gone then, is it? Yeah. But of course it doesn't do that. It doesn't work. It becomes more and more like, I wouldn't say my mission, but, but I do feel, you know, like, helping people this way mm -hmm. by not telling them you do this because I say so. No, guys, I grew up in a court. So I'm telling you today we can share experiences. That's what we need. You know, everybody needs to share. Okay. I did this and it worked for me. Okay, great. And then if you want to, you can try it, but it doesn't mean it's good for you. I mean, for me, music saved my life for some people cricket, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know. It's a, and, and this we're not, you know, it's, we're made to, to share experiences and to find, okay, what works for, for one another because we're all different. Yeah. We are all different and at the same time we're unique and at the same time we're the same, right? I mean, it's kind of a, and, and that's why it's a, it's a big conversation. But today it's very much needed. Mm. People don't want to do the work. They're actually looking, as you just said, yeah, well, to someone, all right, you're going to tell me and I'm okay with that. And now we are in this situation as a predicament kind of, right, nowadays where people don't know who to trust anymore. No. And mental health, and for me, that's why I always say recently, I mean, I'm saying more and more, it's not mental health, guys. It's health in general. Mm. Because your mental, you know, I, I when I was in the cult, I, I, I mean, I was basically pretty much dying when I was 17. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding, because all this stress and this is anxiety, right? I tried to kill myself. I, I tried everything because I couldn't cope with it. And my body was just giving up. Yes. At 17 years old, you know, uh -huh. it was like, it was really bad. And then it took me a while to realize that my body was giving up because of all this mental, I, I, I you know what I mean? Because mm, I was I a kid. So I was like, oh my God, I, what's going on with me? You know, I, I, you know, my, my health. And it's terrible really, because in reality, you could have just walked away at any time. But that, that's the power of these things, isn't it? That you feel trapped. Yes, but uh, I mean, I left the day of my 18th birthday, but right. before I couldn't because first I had of course, the love that any, you know, any boy or girl has, you know, towards their parents, right? Mm -hmm. I loved, I loved my mother more than anything. And I still love her more, you know, it's funny because I am a dad now and you cannot, I mean, a mother is a mother, mm. you're right. It's a mother, that's it. And we all, like, when I look at you, you know, I see the offense, but I see a kid, we all kids, yeah, yeah. we are, right? Yeah. It's. Isn't it amazing? We're all kids. And, and basically, that was the toughest because my mother, you know, the guru wanted to kill my mother, basically, you know, and she almost died. Like, yeah, she, she was very close to, 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 to dying. I mean, it, it was really fucked up, you know, what can I say? But in a way, she, yeah, she, she survived. And, and then a few years later, she left. And, mm. and I didn't see if her, her for almost 20 years. Wow. And, and that was, the one of the most painful experience in my life because mm. you you see someone that that has changed so much yes. aged you know and you're like oh. the, the pain i felt was like because i i knew i will never get those viewers back mm. ever 
And that's why I say to my friend when they have, uh, you know, they, they hold a grudge or something, I'm so, uh, I am like, guys, don't just, just forgive, forgive yourself, forgive people around you because it, it hurts you when you do that. Mm. It hurts you more. And, and of course you need, you know, to find, I had to leave. I didn't have a choice. You know, we could have talked before. Or I, I don't know. It was, you know, it was super painful. That was one of the most painful you know, experiences. But even more painful maybe to come out of it thinking, well, I'm free now and I'm, I'm, it's going to be okay. And then discovering that actually the world is just as, as brutal outside as it was inside. I mean, how did you cope with that? You know what I did? I focused on my music mm. and on my career. So, okay, fuck it. I have nothing to, to lose. And, and every decision I made, I made it for my music. It's funny, for my love of music. And so then at some point I ended up, okay, I'm going to drink, I'm going to smoke. I'm going to do everything, you know, that the society says, right? Because I was watching movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I wanted to be accepted. And I started doing that. And, and one day I make, you know, I make a living. I'm, I'm 30 years old, 29, 28, 20, yeah, around that. And I make a living. Mm. Got my piano. So, uh, you know, Chris Martin got me my piano. Wow. Um, you know, I, 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 I compose for advertising and, and movie trailers and, you know, cinematic and stuff. So I make great living. I make very good money. Yeah. I've got my flat in central London. I've got a girlfriend, you know, and I'm a kind of a, like, you know, I'm going out. I've got, you know, I'm, you know a bit of a jet setter. Right? <laughs> and I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I and, know. Look at your tour. <laughs> well, I speak to other people who say I'm going on tour and they mean they're going to cities around England to tour and maybe to the Edinburgh Festival. Your tour, it's worldwide. It's huge. Yeah, but now I'm not a jet setter. That's quite the opposite, actually. But, but you know, I wanted, I thought, okay, maybe that's the dream. Maybe that's what they say, right? You need to have money and, and be cool and be edgy. And, mm -hmm. and, and I never really cared for it because, well, I played the game a little bit and I ended up with these people and blah, blah, blah. And then and it wasn't working for me because it was all very superficial and very, and my music is, is very emotional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I had almost my soul, you know, kind of hitting rock, you know, something. And one day I'm in my flat and I'm, uh, I'm having a proper breakdown. Like I cannot move. I cannot move. I'm, I'm stoned high as fuck. Um, yeah, it, it was too much because I was just miserable, like so miserable. Mm. And, uh, and I hated my life. It's, it was because I thought the day I make a living with my music, I will be happy. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest mistake. You know, happiness is an inside job. You know, that's what I say all the time. Right. And basically, I, I thought, okay, I, the outside world's going to give me that. So I'm in China, in the US, everywhere. I've got all these friends with so much money flying private jets and yachts and, and you know, expensive escorts. And, mm -hmm. and I did everything. Like, I'm not kidding. And I say it because I, I mean, I have, you know, I, basically when you're very sensitive, you end up having addictions because sensitive means creative means addiction. It's true, right? Right. <laughs> that is true, right? I mean, you're an actor. You know, we all have this when we're sensitive. Mm. And this society, I feel really strong about that because the, the society, the world we live in, it, it kind of kills the, the sensitivity towards a goal for me, I feel, as a kind of society state, mm. which is you need to be famous and rich. And now with the social media, you need to be big and, and, and very, you know, that, that's, that's the kind of what we, we built, mm -hmm. you know, all together, mm -hmm. this system. And for me, it was literally wasn't working. I ended up on my, yeah, in, in my flat and, and my friends were like, fuck, we can't do anything for you. There is nothing, you know, so I, I tried everything and nothing worked. Mm -hmm. So one day I'm on the floor and then I had an epiphany. 
my girlfriend was like, I'm going to try the hot yoga now because, you know, we can't. And, uh, and I was like, no, that's for women. I'm not going. That was a bit stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And I went to hot yoga. And you know what? It was only women. <laughs> I was the only guy. <laughs> I was the only guy. That was funny. And then I went there and I started going pretty much every day. And this, I got rid of toxin. And at the same time, I stopped drinking, stopped smoking, stopped going out. I stopped everything, mm. everything. I fasted for a bit more than 10 days. Yeah, I lost so much weight, but I felt my whole body was, I needed to get rid of everything. And I had an out-of-body experience. I went outside of my body. And some people say, oh, but it wasn't real. And I always say, guys, I don't care. It was real to me. It was an experience, you know, and it was a divine experience. Mm -hmm. It was an experience where I felt so much love. There is no drug. There is nothing else, you know, that can match this experience, this feeling. And, And this really, and I was like, okay, I had that. But of course, I was against any form of spirituality because of my, you know, upbringing. Mm. So I was like, I need to find answers within science. So I started reading everything I could find on, you know, on the subject of, okay, I had an out of body. What is it? You know, so, and I wanted to understand the brain and, and how to, how to survive because like, I can't, you know, this, you know, I woke up in my entire life with a pain here, like every single morning, mm. you know, so this pain, how, how, how would I fight it? Come on, come on, come on, you know, pushing myself. Mm. And that's how I think I got where I am today because I'm an extremely positive person, yeah. but with an extreme pain, you know. So this balance, I had to push. And you seem to get it, right? You seem to understand. I do understand what you're saying, yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. You've got yeah. the weight of the whole of what's happened to you on you. Yes. And you're trying yeah. to break out of it completely. Yeah. 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 And always pushing. And, and discover who you are and discover what it is you want to do. Because I can also see that... You would think to yourself for years, I played the piano, I like what I play, and it comes from a place inside me that is genuine. Yeah. But if, if people can understand that, if people could appreciate that, that would make it worth something. And, and so, in fact, you're waiting for the accolades, and then the accolades come, and you go, oh, it's not about that at all. Exactly, mm. exactly. It wasn't about that at all. No. And my, my entire life, I thought it would. And then I'm like, oh, my God. And then when I let go of everything, I found that place inside myself that is ah, this inner peace. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's such peaceful, you know, such beauty. It's like, and you feel just so full of love, you know, and, and I don't care if it's cliche, you just feel so good and nothing really matters in the good way, you know? Yes. Like, you know, no money, don't care. No fame, <laughs> absolutely don't care. No, but you know what I mean? I do, it just, yeah. In that place, you're like, oh my God, this, this is it. And I started making uh, tracks, you know, also for meditation. That's mm-hmm. why I, and then I worked, you know, with um, apps like Calm and, and you know, and, and, and now with, with the Peloton as well and, and, and the great and to try and help people to find that place within yourself because it's a very unique, you know, and it's, and it's very personal mm-hmm. as well, right? But that place is the most amazing of all. Nothing can buy it. Nothing can match it. It's just here in this present moment. And it's not that hard to attain. I don't think you need to go through all the stuff that I've been through <laughs> to go there. No. And at the same time, it did help, mm-hmm. right? It did help for me because when you cannot, you know, cope with reality the way I did, you know, I really couldn't. It was, you know, it was so difficult. That pain was unbearable. Mm. 
And, you know, it was like a second skin, you know. Sometimes when I watched, you know, when I watched uh, Spider-Man with this black thing coming into the body, I really felt like this. And when I was doing all my bad stuff, I was feeding almost all this black stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, or I was feeding evil, basically, you mm-hmm. know. I, that's how I really feel, because I really feel that we create our own evil or our own heaven. Right. You know, that, that's what I feel. I mean, today, that's what I really feel like because i didn't understand when i was young like oh god if you, if god is love and so perfect why why do you beat me up mm. well i mean wh- you know <laughs> why why do you take me by the hair in the stairs and like hurt me so much why why would you do that why do you shout at me why do you punish me like this and i have done anything so it didn't make sense you no. know and today i'm like i don't believe in a god as a man who is you know i believe in us being the best ber- versions of ourselves. Mm. And I feel the more I am loved, the more I am grateful, the better my you know, spectrum of light and, and vision opens up. And it's so intensely beautiful. You know, I went outside. My daughter, when she was born, she was six months old, and I'm on the bed, right? Mm. I take her, and I'm like, I- I- she's in my arms, and, uh, and she-, she needs to sleep, but she wouldn't sleep, the little thing, <laughs> because she's like, ah! <laughs> we all know that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> and I take her and I breathe, right? And I, I really feel we're, you know, we're communicating. And then she starts sleeping in my arms. And I know her. If I put her on the bed, she's going to wake up because she really is like this. Mm. So I go on the bed with her, right? And I lie down and I meditate. Mm. And I'm very, very focused because if I don't, then I can kill her, right? I mean, if I fall or if I, you know, she... So I'm very focused and suddenly I open my eyes and I am outside of my body, above my body. I see my body and she is outside of her body, just on top of me. Mm. And she smiles like her smile is up to the ears. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, it was incredibly beautiful. It was so beautiful. Yeah. When my children were young, my son, who is interestingly the producer of this podcast, so we, we worked together, which is a gorgeous thing. He had real trouble sleeping and was one of those children who was awake for hours and hours every night. And it was very exhausting. But we had a neighbor, Stuart, a friend of ours, who had the ability to calm him. You would say, oh, well, I'm taking, taking him around to Stuart. And we do it at all hours of the night and say, Stuart, we can't get him to sleep. And he'd say, oh, well, give him to me for a moment. And he would just put his hand on, on his head. It looked religious, but in fact, I put it down to the fact that Stuart was a fantastically calm man, and the baby sensed it yes, and became calm itself. And, and that sounds very similar to what you did, just that thing of yep. meditating and letting everything go, letting everything, all the worries go, because a baby can sense your tension, can't it? 200%. And you know what's fabulous is science now is catching up on that. And that's amazing, yeah. because this is what we are. We are more than just a physical, you know, piece of flesh mm-hmm. were more than this. Mm-hmm. I was mixing breathing and meditation and stuff to to so I have a kind of you know way to to access this information. Mm. And a friend of mine uh sent me like early class on CI said like did that's exactly what you've been you know saying to me to do and I was like that's great because it's not a, I'm not saying that about ego. I'm saying that because we correlate information. Yeah. And what you just said yes you know i had a woman a few days ago who told me that her, uh, her husband had cancer and and she said i don't know if it worked but i was putting my hand on you know on 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 the the tumor basically every single night and she was pregnant mm. and and basically putting her hand and and, and in three months and she said i don't know if it's me but but i f- i really feel that it has 
to do with it, something to do with it. And and and, and I think it's absolutely possible for sure. Yeah. Well, doctors constantly say that positivity is a very good thing with illness, that you can affect the way you, you are by being positive about it. I mean, I, I think medicine also helps, but I'm sure that that helps as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I believe even more in that, that, you know, I always say I, I never take drugs, you know, like in medications and stuff, because for me, it doesn't, of course, if I break an arm or if my daughter, you mm. know, has, I go to the hospital and I do what I'm told for yeah. sure, because I don't know how to repair that. Do you mind if I ask how old you are now? No, no, 39. 39. You see now, well, yep. then you're an advert for your own lifestyle because you look fantastic. You could be in your 20s. Oh. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I changed my, my whole lifestyle for sure. I mm. had to. Um, but it's, there is no secret, right? I mean, you get rid of the stress if you, you know, if you eat healthy. Because even this, I mean, it's part. That's why people say, "Oh, so meditation saved your life." I'm like, well, first time was the music. Second time was meditation plus the lifestyle that goes with it. Because mm -hmm. it's it's not just you know, you can meditate every day and be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more. Yes, it's not just meditating. It's it's choosing a holistic. You know, right? As, and, and for me, holistic is not the the hippie thing, and I mean it could be, but but it's more. You know, we, we see, I see my body and my mind and my spirit as a whole. Mm. And if I if I take care of my body, then my mind is getting better. And and for example, in the evening, I I don't eat right. I fast a lot. Right. Um. Yeah, I fast a lot, and it's it's incredible uh. the result. And it helps me alter my states of, of consciousness, right? Because for me, we we are consciousness, and and I have. I love having lucid dreams and all these experiences, and and it's easier to to have them first when I have no fear mm -hmm. at all. You know, yeah. so the more relaxed you are, the better you connect with everything, right? Yes, you remind me terribly of a French friend of mine, who's also called Jean Philippe. Oh yes. no way! Oh, that's yes. funny. He's a he's a potter who makes um, the most beautiful teapots. All right. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. And the way you talk and your attitude to life, it's very similar. It's lovely. Oh, wow. Well, thanks. No. That's, that's really funny. You've got another Jean-Philippe with in, into the stage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe my alter ego or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Your long-lost brother, yes. So um, normally on this podcast, I ask people to tell me five things that they'd like to have in a time capsule. Have you been warned about this? I have. You have? I have, and I looked into it. And to be honest, the life I have today, it's... It's very important for me not to get attached, mm -hmm. you know. So memories, for sure, you know, it's 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 lovely memories. I think, you know, the best is to have the most beautiful ones and to take them, you know, because you take them with you. That's what I really, you know. Yes. Rather than things, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm. no things. No, 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 no. No, because it's, it's funny. Everybody wants to get something all the time. But then when, you know, and that's, again, that's my experience, right? I mean, I go, to, oh, I make a living, I'm great, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but why am I so even more unhappy? Because it didn't solve, you know, my my issue in the first place. And people would think, okay, when I have a house, mm -hmm. I'm happy. When I have a new car, yeah. then that's it. You know, it would be full happiness. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's BS, right? We, it's, it really doesn't work this way. You need to be happy now. No. And so the time capsule, it's, it's a bit tough because I... There is nothing really, I mean, first material I want to take. And emotionally, I would say, you know. But you are allowed to put memories in or just views or even smells. Something that reminds you of a, of a time or a place or a person. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt this episode, but we have to play some adverts in order to fund the making of it. A tout à l'heure. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. If you'd rather listen to this podcast without interruption, then you can get my time capsule ad-free by subscribing to Acast Plus. Details in the blurb attached to this episode. In the meantime, let's return to Riopi and hear what else he'd like to put in his time capsule. Or not. Either way, he's a fascinating man. So there is that one place when I was when I was a kid, I you know, my, so I didn't know my father uh, and, and my mother remarried and, and that man had a grandparent, his parents were in, in the Midi Pyrenees. So it's not the south of France, it's around Toulouse, right? Mm. And they had uh, an old farm and uh, we were going there, uh, you know, we were five, six, seven, until almost 10, I think, or 12 with my, with my brother. Mm. And every time there was, you know, I was very unhappy, I would basically visualize that place. Mm. With the sun and the trees and the beautiful, you know, landscape of nature, and we would go and swim in the river, you know, next door. You know, it's very like Marcel Pagnol <laughs> life, you know. And uh, that memory stayed with me forever because every time I was really struggling, I would close my eyes and think about that place, and I would go there. Mm. How beautiful! It really is. That's the one memory that always stayed with me. It's a lovely part of the world. I love that drive from there to the Pyrenees. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's gorgeous. And yeah, and it's so quiet and, and alive. It's, mm. And that's the beauty with memories. I think I, when I have a me- memory like this, I don't try and, and, you know, like repeat it because it doesn't work. No. You need to, to let it where it is because now the, the place has changed and it's not the same. Yeah. No. Yes. Isn't it you funny? can't revisit those places, no. But no. they do stay with you, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you say about those memories and this, time, this idea of time capsule because memories, they trigger an emotion. Mm. And emotion, is, it's everything we are, right? And, and it's amazing because when people start realizing an emotion is so powerful and the more you get in control of your emotion, you know, the happier you get. It's an interesting idea, isn't it? That often 
we're all recalling things all the time. We live in a world of memory, don't we, almost entirely. Unless you're very present in the moment, then you're always thinking about something that's happened. And quite often people think of something that's happened recently. So that person cut me up when I was driving, or that person didn't smile at me in the shop, how rude of them, or I didn't get the job I went for. Those recent things are the things we do, but we do control what we remember. We can easily choose, for example, you can choose to be in the garden near Toulouse. Absolutely. And I love what you just said, because that's what I see as well. And we are made roughly between 50 and 60,000 thoughts a day, right? And most of them are negative. Mm. And, and they trigger those memories, and those memories trigger an emotion. And most of the time we focus on the negative stuff. Mm. So once we start just changing that, the whole paradigm, you know, changes, right? The whole life, yes. your whole life changes. And that's amazing. Amazing, yes. Well, I'd definitely put that memory in there. I can almost visualize it myself because my parents had all lived near uh, Chateauroux in the middle of France for... I know Chateau really well, yeah, for sure. 18 years, they lived there in a little village called uh, Buxoy. And they had the most beautiful garden, I would sit for hours and hours and just listen to the bird song. Oh. And so I can take myself there anytime. And it's a beautiful memory. And how amazing right, is that? Mm. We, are, we have the power to go and visualize as if it was as real as you and I right now. We are definitely time travelers. Yes, exactly. We are. We are. And, you know, I'm working on applications to help people have this experience. Yeah, because I'm fascinated by this. And I think everything is vibration and so now that I'm using, you know, all the science and all, you know, my intuition and my music, right, to get to, yeah, I'm working on a special project. Uh, hopefully in September it will be ready. So do you build that into the tempo of the piece and that sort of thing? So I'm working on a separate project, which, you know, w- will come out in, in a few months, basically taking everything I, I, I've been, you know, re- researching for the last 10 years mm-hmm. and putting into application, of course, using the music, yeah. but to go further to really help people have these experiences to go back to their being level, let's say, right? Let's mm. call it like this, which is what we really are. I feel that we have all this stuff on us that doesn't belong to us, of fear, right? We live in fear all the time and on negative, right? Mm-hmm. If we are right now, here, right now, we're happy. But we are always either projecting in the future something that hasn't happened yet yeah. or in the past, right? With like, oh my God, this happened, this happened. And then you feel fear all the time. And this, I think, it doesn't help us to grow up. It, it actually takes us back and it makes us sick. Yes, we're all guilty of that. And it, it would be good to be able to, well, certainly limit it or in fact, get rid of it completely. We do have, I think, almost certainly a shared experience, which is one of my happiest memories. So I'm going to tell it to you and then see if it's similar to yours, which is that when I was 19, I had spent a year working with my father. And the idea was that I was going to train to be a lawyer. And so I got on the train and I went to Oxford and I walked through Oxford and then up the hill to what is now Oxford Brooks. And I walked up through the... Headington. Through Headington, yes. And it was a very lovely sunny day and I was going to see if I could get a place at, at that college. And for me, the memory of that walk and going to that place for the first time is a fantastically wonderful thing because it opened my whole life for me. Wow. You know, it's funny you say that. Oh, wow. That, that's really funny because I, I have a very similar experience the first time there, mm. like walking through and it was in, a, it was in summer, actually, because, yeah, it was in June or July 2006. Mm. And I, I will never forget that, that first, the beauty of the town, mm. because it's an incredible you know, town. And 
And I love that what the, the, the people doing, well, what do you call it? It's not sailing. But you know, when you're on the river, like you're... you're um, yeah, you're punting. Yeah, punting. But yeah, yeah. So everybody was doing that. And, yeah. and I loved it. And, and yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that. Wow, yeah. I was going through the college the, the same and, and ended up in Headington. And that's where I met my, my wife, actually. Really? For me, it's a... Me too. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. I can't believe you met your wife as well in Oxford. Wow. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Very, it's the best, right? I think it's, they're the best stories. <laughs> yeah. She didn't marry me for my fame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny about fame, if I, if I may. You know, people will think, you know, I feel that because now, right, all right, now I'm a successful musician, blah, blah, blah. You know what I love the most about all of this? Just making the music. I don't enjoy, you know, I love doing what I'm doing with you right now because for me, it's meaningful. You know, we talk about meaningful stuff. Mm -hmm. I find it very, very hard otherwise to cope with the the superficiality, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, at my level, and I have a very small level of fame, right? It's very small. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I could never be like, let's say, you know, someone like Justin Bieber or something because they're so big. I mean, at my level, I already have almost no life, you know, and I'm really fighting to have my life as well, a Mm -hmm. balance. You know, I have two kids. I'm taking care of them. I don't want to be an absent father. And already at my level, it's so many people involved, so many people around, so many, my tour, right? I mean, I'm going worldwide, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm thinking when you are at that level, how can you not lose your soul? How can you really stay true to yourself? Because it becomes a business. And when it becomes very really a business, then people think money and they don't want to lose what they have. You know what I mean? So they want more because they're like, no, now I've got a bigger house. Or, oh, I need two people, you know, full-time as a bodyguard. I need this, I need that. So then they know, okay, I need more. And then and then you've got the competition. Yeah. Oh my God, like this. All t- and this is horrible. It's That's horrible, why yeah. It's horrible. That's <laughs> why I don't operate my own social media. That's why I don't do this. I'm like, I can't because I want my music to be always able to touch people as it touched me in the first place. Mm. And I feel that we live in a world where it's almost like it's a funny kind of, you know, ridiculous to go back to the beginning of the conversation, (laughs) almost absurd, because we say, be rich, be famous, and you win. And I'm like, but the more famous and the more fame and the more money you get, the easier it is to get lost. Yes. Isn't it funny? Yes, it's, it's because, very true. I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen examples of it in people that I know. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with a friend who told me about sitting by accident at a table next to George Michael some time ago, and he was surrounded by a lot of people, and he was the only person who spoke. That's just not right. No. And in fact, he spoke the entire time about how he could become more successful than Madonna. Yeah, you see, yeah, exactly. And and this is one of the most successful artists in the history of pop music. I think the whole society is like this right now. And and although I think it's, it's starting to change, but that's, we go back to what we just said about you need one person to be the shepherd and everybody listening. And then that's how we end up with cults. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, sometimes even musicians, you know, could be court leaders. I mean, look on Instagram. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it because I can't stand this thing. <laughs> you have followers. You have followers. Yeah. I grew up in a cult, you know. You have followers. <laughs> I've not thought about that. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's true. I mean, if you have followers, it's it's, and that's why today, even for the kids, I am really worried. We need to help those kids have, you know, a life, have, you know, to feel like empowered, you know, empowered. That they need to feel like they're growing up and doing something good. Then mm. what do they see? They see this, you know, online stuff with like, first of all, 50% of sex, you know, and pornography online, mm. which is extremely dangerous yeah. because, you know, it, it affects your 
your body and your soul, your mind. I mean, I have girls, you know, young girls sometimes. I mean, when, yeah, young girls, like 20, 25. And, uh, and, and perhaps because of the music I do or something, sometimes they come finding me. And they were telling me, you know, honestly, and maybe a, a dozen, maybe, you know, a bit more telling me, you know, sometimes even the relationships, like, but you know, like my, my, my boyfriend, they only want to do like, you know, like, like in porn movies. And I'm 39, right? And, and I guess you're a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. We are the, I think the last generation right now, the, the very young, that don't know what is to love anymore. And we need to help them and the social media. And again, I don't believe in conspiracies at all. I just believe in the system, sex sells. It's easier. The algorithm picks up because you've got a woman with a nipple out, boom, people watch, you know, it gets bigger. And this, should be monitored. How many kids commit suicide? Mm. You know, how many young kids? So many, you know, and th- this should be talked, you know, about much more because we need to make a society positive. We need to help, you know, the next generation. Mm. Right now, it's like, wow, look, even in, even if we go gender, and I don't want to go there, but it, it, it's very hard now for kids even to know who they are. Yeah. I mean, there is, and for me, this is a mental issue. We need to help, you know, those kids be confident in what and who they are. And it doesn't help, as you say, if they see themselves as a follower. It doesn't, of course, yes. because then what do they want? Then they want a leader. And then you end up in a court. Yes. And then you end up with all these big celebrities. I mean, look, for me, even Kardashian was one of the first to do that. Let's do a fake everything. And then boom, the news. Look, all these young girls now looking exactly like Kardashian. I mean, I'm like, mm. you know, and, I, and I, I have no, you know, I'm just saying this is wow. So if you have someone so big, so mediatized, then everybody's going to follow that person. Mm. And right now, then recently come Kardashian, she took her boobs out, right? To go back to what she was. And I'm like, but what are the kids going to do? <laughs> I think it's the problem, again, for our mental health, right? We need to help the kids feel good about themselves, mm. uh, you know, first as they are as much as we can. But we need to help with love. With love, mm-hmm. indeed. And also to make people aware that it's fine to be an individual, that we're all individuals. To be different from other people is normal. Yeah, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have, my son is three years old and, and we put a little thing in his hair because his hair otherwise is in front of his eyes, right? So Yeah. And he's like, once he's like, oh, Papa, they're making fun of me. I'm like, oh, come on, you don't care. I said, yeah. you know, if they make fun, it's because they're not very smart. Yeah. That's it. You know? And I'm like, oh, so I am smart. I'm like, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then now he doesn't care. You know, I give him confidence and it's the best place to be when you're confident. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, often that's what the problem is for young people, is that they're told that this is an ideal situation and you don't fit it. And if they don't fit it and they can't fit it, they feel that they're failing. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, we know from the world, uh, from our experience of the world, that the best things that happen are those that haven't happened before. Mm-hmm. When somebody comes along with something new and does something different, that's how the world changes. That's how we evolve. That's how we become better people and that's why we need to help and spread more love and and for me of course through music Mm -hmm. that's why i joined you know restore the music you know uk uh, to help kids and the privileged you know to have access to music to be able to have an instrument and try things out because i think music is you know such an amazing tool to to, you know first not feel lonely Mm. because when you make music or, or anything that is art or when you play a character or whatever you know it's it's art when you create you are in a very good place. Mm. It gives you confidence. It gives, if I didn't have music, I mean, I, I would be dead, you know, literally. It gave me so much hope. And every time I go on it, I was talking to a friend about it yesterday. You know, I mean, he was telling me, that, funny, you know, when I go to, to my piano and I start creating, I, I'm so excited. It, it's new. It's something that, you know, and, and it's true. It's so amazing because it's going to give you something that 
you didn't know existed before because it, it, it didn't exist before you created it. Mm. How amazing is that? Incredible, yes. It is incredible. So you wouldn't have heard music, though, when you were young. No, I didn't. But uh, several times I had fans coming up to the shows and telling me, you've done this before. And that, and that, that made me laugh. <laughs> It made me laugh. Yeah, uh, I really believe that. You know, we come with more. We're, we're just, I think, with we're more. I was extremely attracted to to the piano when I was a child, and and for me, it felt natural. You know, and, mm. and something. If I couldn't do it, I would just do it again and again, and you repeat it. And then, yeah. so the discipline that I gave myself. You know, I don't know how, but I had this discipline and this just playing, 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 and that's how I, I approach music. Not from the conservatory, not from you know musical education, just from a freedom of expression. Just mm. what I wanted to say. At that moment, I could express it on the piano. But if you're not hearing a great deal of music, and I doubt very much if you heard a great deal of classical music, it's really interesting that from your own instincts, you end up playing something that is very much in that line. It fits that mode. You can see it as a development from other pieces. There are pieces of Mozart and there are pieces of Liszt and Chopin that resonate in your music, and yet you're not yeah. taking it from there it's just come through you instinctively. Maybe that suggests that actually music does have a format, does have a style that it leads you to, that it creates in you, rather than you creating the music. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm glad to hear that because, I mean, sometimes in my mind, you know, I once said in an interview, it's between Indiana Jones and Tetris. And, and the guy, I said, no, I said that in, in New York at, at a gig and a journalist took to it and, and then sent me a, you know, a question. I was like, but what do you mean by that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> because Indiana Jones is on a quest. And as a musician, I always felt I'm on a quest. I am looking for this perfect, you know, frequency mm. that can take me out, you know, in, in, in another place, mm. like a portal, you know. And I really believe and I really feel that everything around us, you know, is... There is more, you know, if you tell me, oh, but do you believe, I don't know, in aliens, in this, in that, in unicorns? Yeah, I do. I actually do. I believe in everything. I think, you know, <laughs> anything is possible. But that's how I started my life as well. You know, I was like, I have nothing. So I have nothing to lose. No. And anything is possible. And when people are like, well, by God, your life is incredible. I mean, like, you had like all this shit you're bringing, and then you do that, and you do that, and then, wow, Chris Martin buys your piano, and then, wow, Lana Dere takes your piece of music. Oh, wow, you're number one in the. I'm like, don't get me wrong, it's beautiful and it's great. Mm. But it's just, yeah, why? But because for me, anything is possible. Mm. Anything. And I think you're the first person, right, to, to do that to yourself. If you think, oh no, it's impossible, then of course it's not possible. Yeah. And when you open up, and 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 I always felt, all right, why Indiana Jones? Because he's on the quest, he's like, you know, with his whip and he's looking for something. And I am looking for something. And I think we are all looking for something. That's why people end up in addictions. That's why people drink, for example, coffee. You're looking for an experience, like to feel something. That's why everybody's doing so much drugs, you know, mm. because people want to feel. And we're always trying to look for uh, when you buy a new car, right? And, and don't get me wrong, but you know this, right? When you buy something, you have this excitement for like what? 10 minutes, two days, maybe one week max, top. Yeah. And then you see, you buy something new and you're like, to the kids, to everybody, don't touch it. You know, it's my new, whatever it is. <laughs> it's true. And then the week after, yeah, whatever, you can take it. <laughs> and, and, it and it's really funny because when we go back to the original thought that, that I really feel like, you know, when you create, you're looking for something and it doesn't cost anything, creating anything. You know, if you, if you, I don't know, you make, uh, my mother made, a, uh, she made a dress for my daughter, right? For uh -huh. my five years old. And my daughter was so happy. She loves that, that dress. Mm. 
And it didn't cost much money at all. She made it. Yes. And I'm like, wow. when you make things, you know, you focus your brain, you rewire everything, you feel in a good place. And that's, I think, where I think the, the world, you know, we're going to go back to, right? Local and, and friends and talk and, and creating stuff, make stuff. That's why people are like, oh, but the world is going to pieces. I'm like, yeah, but maybe it's a good thing, you know, for us. Because look at the life we lead. I mean, we can't. It's not sustainable for the planet. It's not sustainable for us to have this, you know, consumption, this this, this way of life, this space as well. Mm -hmm. I see people that are like, oh, I cannot eat. Like, well, I'm like, what do you mean you cannot eat? Because my work is so demanding, I cannot have lunch, you know. I need. I just go quickly to the shop downstairs, get takeaway, and I eat in front of my computer every day. I'm like, dude, if you do that, yes, you might have a lot of money, but you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? You need it's true. To take and very true, especially from a Frenchman, the idea of stopping for lunch. Quite right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, all, although, although uh, I am very French, but I, I mean, you know, I spent 20 years in the UK. So. A long time, I know, yes. That's half your life. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, that's why it's, it's a weird, I mean, as an identity, I think I'm more of a citizen of the world now. I don't mm. feel, because uh, I, I, was I was in France, you know, for, for a few months and going back and forth the, the last few years because of the kids and, you know, because mm -hmm. the, they're very small, right? And I didn't feel that French anymore. It's funny that right. the country has changed, the people have changed. No, I feel closer to the British, perhaps because I spent my whole adulthood in, in the UK, you know, since mm. I'm 20 years old. Uh, but I feel, yeah, closer to that to that mentality. It's, a, mm. it's, it's interesting, right, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, I think you're lucky if you've got a French passport because uh, an English passport wouldn't help your career. I've got both. You've got both. Very <laughs> clever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case, indeed. Quite right. But it's lovely to see you so happy in yourself and so positive. And what an inspiration you are. And I love the fact that your album is called Thrive. Yeah. I think that really demonstrates where you find yourself. Absolutely, because for me, thrive, and it's funny because the definition in French of thrive is means just to, to prosper, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, guy, thrive, it is to prosper, but not just that. It's to prosper with weaknesses yes our struggles everything and we go and we fight and we move forward and we try to find you know the best for ourselves that's what thrive is right indeed and for me the, the this whole album starts with nocturne big strings very dramatic yeah and it ends up with the same piece piano solo la nocturne yes, less yes. is more you know yes. we take from the this place at the beginning of dramatic and then we go back to the essential, what we are. It's also lovely to have an album that does have a journey, you know, that you can yeah. listen to as an album. And it, you're right, if you listen to Nocturne at the beginning, it grabs you immediately and you, you are drawn into the album with it. But by the end, when you listen to La Nocturne, you realise that actually you've been calmed by it, I think. Thank you. No, I'm glad it works because exactly, it's a journey, it's a story. That's why I love you know, albums for that, you know. And, and I think, by the way, that Lana Del Rey did an incredible job with hers, you know, because mm. it's a very beautiful story. She has the most beautiful voice, isn't she? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I hope we'll work together on something because mm. I, I love her voice. Yeah. This, this space is just, you know, so inspiring and, and eerie and a place also of a bit of suffering, which I like, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it makes, no, because, you know, it's, I think, you know, it's like I say to my fans when they come to my gig, sometimes I make a joke saying that there is always one or two depressed people in the room, <laughs> you know, and, and takes one to know one, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's an opportunity. There is an opportunity. It means you feel something and that something doesn't fit for you. It's mm. a great opportunity 
to look into yourself and try and find solutions. Okay, what do I do? Because I know some people who don't feel anything, you know, mm -hmm. they're just like this. But then when you don't feel anything, I don't feel that you evolve as it's when you ask questions that you start evolving and, and finding a path. And, 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 and for me, yeah, you know, having touched bottom and, and from a very early age, right, it did help me today to be in that place. And I'd rather that than the other way around. Mm, lovely. Jean-Philippe, it's been a joy to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, a pleasure was all mine. Would love to meet you in person, but really enjoy that. And I like your vibe. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for... Uh, Great that you're doing that. Carry on bringing as many people as you can. Spread the word because I feel that you're spreading the same. So yes, yes, I hope that. so. And it's amazing you're working with your son. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Oh, my God. You don't expect it in life. You know, if I were a carpenter and my son were my trainee, I would expect it. But I never expected to spend my life working with my child. It means you're a very good dad because if your <laughs> son is... No, but it's true. And, or he's and, a and very good son, one or the other. <laughs> or both. At the end of the day, everybody wants to be happy, right? Yeah. And, and we live in a society where the family is almost sometimes, you know, is breaking. And I know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you know, because there is always a reason. And so I'm, I'm very, that's so inspiring. I'm really in awe. Like, I, I hope I'll be able to do the same. Yeah. Lovely. I wish you a lot of luck and, and I'll see you in London. And you, Jean-Philippe, all the very best. Au revoir. Au revoir. You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my lovely guest, Riopi, or as I call him, Jean-Philippe. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear what this podcast is like when my guest chooses five things from their life to have in a time capsule, then we have over 300 other episodes to listen to and plenty more coming up, which you can hear if you subscribe to this podcast. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed it, though, and maybe rate and even review us on the pod provider you prefer to listen on. The theme tune by Pass the Peas Music is available to download and stream on Spotify, and you can find me and my time capsule on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook if you want to ask us any questions. If you do write a review, actually, then do send it to us on any of those social media apps so that we can say, why, thank you, that's most kind and generous. Really, I'm blushing. Or, oh dear, sorry you thought it was shit. Hopefully not the second one. This has been a cast-off production for Acast, and it was skillfully produced by John Fenton Stevens. And, as I've said before, we are only a two-man operation, unlike a lot of podcasts you'll hear. Just me and my son, John, doing everything. Well, mostly John doing everything. So if you'd like to support us by subscribing to Acast Plus for a very small monthly fee, it would act a bit like those Patreon things that people do. All the money will go straight back into helping us to pay for the time John spends working on this podcast to make it sound so good. And the odd ice cream, obviously. Right, until next time, God bless you, Governor, for giving me your time. I doff me cap and tug me forelock at you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And if I can ever return a favour, don't hesitate to call. You've got me number, haven't you? Haven't you? Oh, that's a shame. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart 
A better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.